He's the one guy that can match the Michigan three-point shooter, Luke Hancock, and he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, Deceiva. Oh. And the Oh, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I am Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, we'll get to Louisville and Kentucky in just a second, but I'm seeing it on my TV right now, so I just got to tell you, are you enjoying the Pittsburgh Steelers meltdown as much as I am? I am. I I am one of those guys. You know, I, I have a good amount of friends who are Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But for some reason, I've always found that fan base super annoying. There's just something <laughs> obnoxious and grating about 30,000 yellow towels waving in the air. And it's almost like sort of they're kind of like the like only behind the Packers for like the fake NFL old school fan base that just kind of like, oh, we're the identity of our city. Like we are the we are the Steelers for gritty. We're like, uh, it's it's total BS to me. So like I'm really enjoying and also like Ken or Ben Roethlisberger is like the most unlikable quarterback that doesn't get enough hate. Oh yeah. In the NFL. Oh yeah. The dude's a terrible person. He tried to get Donald Trump sloppy seconds. Like (laughs) the dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So the answer is yes. And I'm guessing you are too. (laughs) Weird way to start, but I I just, I, I see that. And then I'm coming, I'm coming home and I'm hearing on the radio, um, from a Steelers reporter on ESPN radio. And he's just talking about how he had multiple players just tell him, you know, under the condition of a nominee, but that they had thought that, you know, Antonio Brown had given up on his team. And I'm just like, <laughs> yo, like this is, this is theater. Like we need it. This is almost like Louisville athletics and it's about <laughs> it's happening to a different franchise or, I mean, you know, in this case, a, a football team, but I, I love Antonio Brown. I do, but like, I kind of get it when you hear those things. Like he definitely seems like the type of guy that would be a jerk in the locker room after right. a period of time. And I, I don't know. They're, they're sort of in a weird place. You know, you can go into, you know, leadership and those types of things where it's like, even if you had some guy like most NFL teams do like a D lineman or an old linebacker or an old offensive tackle who like can be the leader of the team, but you've got guys like Le'Veon Bell, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, who are just like, they're just so far above the fray that it's almost like, it became a cock, like a toxic cocktail situation without yeah. even realizing it. And yeah. I, this is, yeah, like you said, great. Not expecting to go in this direction at all. Yeah, I, I, threw the, I threw the surprise on you, but, but it's, it is, it is the most fascinating thing in sports for me yeah. right now. And it's, it's it doesn't seem like it's going to be ending. I just, I, you mentioned that you mentioned the report. And then I also saw that Antonio Brown was uh, the mask singer today. I don't know if you know about the show, the math center on Fox <laughs> that came out. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, Antonio I'm, Brown, spoiler alert, if you had the mass singer 
on your DVR, but Antonio Brown was <laughs> this evening's masked singer. And uh, that was just insult to injury. I'm like, this guy doesn't care about the NFL. <laughs> Literally, I'm, I'm just happy that we can have this conversation about somebody and it's not Louisville. So no. well, we, we can get into that now. I just I needed to get <laughs> I need a little comedy before we talk okay. about something a, a little bit more disappointing. So absolutely. Yeah, it, it was it's been a rough week uh, for for you and I. Uh, Louisville did not play up to the standards we had hoped they would against Kentucky, falling to the Wildcats at home, 71 to 58. It was a tough game, a game that I think, and we'll talk about it here in a second, Chris, I think was decided in a a particular segment. Um, And Louisville just fell behind by 10 and just couldn't recover. And like, obviously there's, you know, there's other things that went wrong, but, you know, Chris Mack starts out his career against Kentucky at U of L and one. And yeah, I think it's completely resets the way we have to look at Louisville season, but we will talk about that. But, you know, digging in directly into the game, what, what did you notice? What is your big takeaway, Chris, you know, basketball wise, what you saw from this, from this struggling Louisville team against Kentucky? Well, I think in this game, there's always a a few different emotions and it's either, it, it boils down to a few different things for Louisville fans and it's either complete anger because you thought you should win the game or it's, you know, kind of indifference how it was last year or it's total glee because you did win the game. And then this year for me in particular, it was, it was angry. I, I can't even, I can't even lie. Cause I, I truly thought that, you know, Louisville had a really legitimate chance and I, right. I expected them to win that game. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't fan speak. It wasn't anything else. I thought that Louisville would play a lot better than they did and I I've, I've heard some people say you know we'll play their worst game of the season I wouldn't go to that stretch because I yeah. think the opening 10 minutes of Robert Morris were pretty freaking pathetic um, so I think that would surpass it but it was it was something that you know at this point kind of makes you wonder just about you know the state of this rivalry and we're going to talk about that but it was it was obliterating for a few things because it was one you you saw Ryan McMahon just completely get taken out of a game um you saw Dwayne Sutton just completely get taken out of a game and you saw Jordan Awara you know you you had the 17 points but it seemed the quietest 17 points yeah. I may have ever you know ever seen Christian Cunningham showed up that was good to see but Beyond that, um, th- there were uh, you know a host of negatives. So no, you're you're right. I think I, I don't think you you know any little fan would definitely come out and say um, the team you know the team hopped out flat footed and and we talked a lot. We talked right before the game and we said we really wanted to see Louisville come out to a, a quick jump in that first ten minute segment and they didn't. And Kentucky, you know, credit to Kentucky. I don't. I don't want to take any away from this team. Oh, like they, team. they totally deserve credit. We, you know, we said that UNC win was maybe, a, you know, maybe a little bit of a mirage. And uh, it appears that's not the case. They are the Kentucky that they were advertised um, on the 29th. I fully believe that. And uh, Louisville just didn't execute and Kentucky did. And, you know, you mentioned those guys, uh, those guys immediately. Um, 
you know, it was great to see Christian Cunningham come out, especially after there were so many questions about him coming into the game. But you saw sort of the recipe for disaster for Louisville. And even, and that was a recipe that was without Stephen Enoch fouling out. You know, he, yeah. he played a, a lot of minutes. He played 27 minutes, but still, uh, you know, only only had five points. Yeah. And I, I thought that was and we can get to, you know, we'll get to individual performances in a second. But I thought that was. Almost in, I don't even know if this is a hot take. You can tell me what you think about it, but I thought that the offensive strategy from Calipari was pretty bold in itself because he, he made a conservative effort to, you know, you look at the game on paper, you think that Louisville's going to, or Kentucky's going to attack Louisville in the inside. They're going to post up Reed Travis and they're going to give him a lot of offensive movement. They're going to post up, uh, you know, PJ Washington and give him opportunities around the basket. And they really didn't do that from yeah. the get go. It was, yeah. you know, get Tyler Harrow into the paint, get him open looks, get Keldon Johnson, open looks, and if Tyler Harrow's missing those shots, and I think we look at this game a little bit differently, I mean, from from a Calipari standpoint, so I just thought that was really, I, I guess he was almost thinking, you know, if I can beat, beat them this way, that would be great. And if I have to go to the locker room and make some adjustments, but I thought that was really interesting. That's something I haven't heard really anybody bring up. And I, I kind of thought that was, the, you know, really interesting, like I said. No, you're right. And I almost wonder if Calipari, you know, being a student of the game, he is if he he understood that, you know, some random dudes tend to tend to shoot well in the Louisville yeah. Kentucky game. You know, we talked about Tyler Arrow before this game, uh, before this before this game, I think he was shooting like 27 percent from three and he comes in and he's draining four of six from three and you know, he drops 24 points. And we said if Tyler Arrow comes out and he's the he's the guy that he was heralded at the beginning of the season to be it would spell bad news bears for Louisville. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's, it, it was very surprising to see Cal go to Harrow so quickly. So, so, so immediately yeah. and just and instantly dominated him and, and made, you know, made everyone who was guarding him look really silly. I think Darius Perry was on him for a while. Christian Cunningham for a period of time. Um, no one could guard him. And and that period of time when Ryan McMahon was on him was just plain disaster, um, plain disaster. And um, yeah, it's, it's go ahead. I think at this point we, we just need to be able to bet on the Dominique Hawkins player <laughs> the, of the game award. The Dominique Hawkins Memorial player. That just needs to be on Bedova because I mean, no, we would have, we would have killed this weekend. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would have cleaned up. Yeah. I'll call Mr. Bovada and make sure it's on next year. Please um, do. <laughs> no. And but yeah, I mean, like, like you said, um, Ryan McMahon probably doesn't need to guard a shooter ever again. Um, yeah. I think the, the, you know, the one, three, one segment, we can, you know, we can talk about that. Them going to one, three, one was really cool to see. Um, just for That's any something fact Rick that, Pitino, <laughs> something Rick Pitino would never do. <laughs> yeah. It, it was cool for, you know, them to come out of the half. They got a lot of missed shots out of that. They did. And um, I don't know if you have the, this game came down to, you know, a few crucial segments and, uh, uh, I yeah, think. Bob Valvano was kind enough to to tweet this out and I saved it. I knew I'd, I'd, I'd end up referring to it. Uh, he says the game decided in the third segment of the first half and the segments in order from the Uvo point of view, minus three points, plus two, the minus 11. That was the big segment. And then from there, it was plus two, plus two, minus two, minus one and minus two. So it, it was that 
that crucial stretch. And I believe that's a stretch where Ryan McMahon was, <clears throat> was starting to guard Tyler Arrow at that point. And that's when UK got a few transition, but a few transition buckets. I believe that's also when you saw uh, several turnovers from Darius Perry, who had a really rough game. Um, hated to see that from him. Um, it's just it, you can you can boil it down to the that segment, that third segment. But for the rest of the game, I mean, I wouldn't give Kentucky the credit because Kentucky made the shots they needed to keep this game far away. There were several opportunities for Louisville to get back into it, and they were either denied by Kentucky or didn't grab the opportunities when they were handed to them. Yeah, and, I mean, the one the, I'm sorry I no, to interrupt you, but the one that you know, the one that sticks out is that second half, you know, the the Enoch miss and the the follow up miss dunk by Jordan Award. Yes. because. That would have cut it to five, I believe. Yeah, I think it was four, five or four. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, after the game, Mac even noted how he talked about how they really never gave the crowd an opportunity to get in it, and they didn't. They never, they never put game pressure on Kentucky, and that would have been a moment right there that you know, I think we talked about the last podcast. I thought that there would be an opportunity for you know the crowd and, and the environment to to phase the the young Kentucky team, and they never had a chance to do that because they never really put game pressure on them. And then that would have been a moment. And then two possessions later, it's it's a 10-point lead for Kentucky. And to Kentucky's credit, like you said, that's that's what great teams do. They did it against North Carolina. There was a moment that um, I can't remember who it was from North Carolina, had the ball underneath the basket, six-point game, and Ashton Hagen steals the ball, makes it an eight-point game, and then can you know North Carolina comes down, rushes a, rushes a three, and it's back up to a 10-point lead for them. So, I mean yeah. – Kentucky hit some really good shots and they, they always answered it. And that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Absolutely. And, and I'll be the first to, to question John Calipari's coaching acumen, but he really showed it out. He really, you know, I think I, you have to, you know, you have to give him credit. He, he probably knew uh, that his teams have difficulties in these first true road games. And he made sure that his team, you know, was able to get over that immediate hump and, and, and Louisville was never able to catch up and credit to him. And, and this, you know, I think, I think, you know, we've already said it basically, but we can stop questioning, you know, is, you know, this Kentucky team, I, I imagine they'll go on a good run in sec play and I'm sure there'll be a top 10 team come March. Um, but yeah, on the Louisville side, it's just another disappointment. And, you know, I think for me, you know, it just never felt offensively like they were all on the same page, which is odd because I think they, they played, they had played so well in, 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 in these other games. And even in these other losses, the loss to IU, um, you know, the loss to, to Tennessee and Marquette, they looked very competent offensively at a lot of times. Right. And I never felt against Kentucky. They were fully competent and um, that things weren't, weren't, weren't going on all cylinders. And, and this is a game I think that, that teams like North Carolina and, Duke and Virginia will be able to use to, to see how they can shut down Louisville. I think athletic teams are, are yeah. going to use this blueprint. And I think the Duke game, the Duke uh, game for certain North Carolina doesn't really play great defense. Yeah. They're extremely athletic. So that one could be a little bit different. And Virginia is always Virginia. Um, so, you know, uh, I think that's really the only for Louisville. I think that's really the only teams that, you know, you look at this game and they're definitely going to be using this as a blueprint, but <laughs> what it boiled down to really 
as it relates to, you know, just offenses, Louisville was getting the ball so far away from the basket on the entry passes. And I I think Kentucky's length, you know, had a lot to do with that. But what's happening with this, with this team is what happened in that game. At least you don't have Dwayne Sutton to, you know, drive the lane, open up the floor. You didn't have Ryan, the man to make any shots. Cause he got completely shut down to open up the floor. You had Jordan Awara, you know, who, who scored, he did his thing. Um, but you, you have to have someone else to, if you're not going to have any, you know, anyone shooting from three and not, not making any three, you got to have someone to open up the floor and, you know, Dwayne Sutton not being on the floor. Really, really, really um really hurt that yeah it, i think this really cemented a conversation that we had um that Dwayne sutton is probably the most important player for louisville in, in a lot of ways if he doesn't show up you know he got into some foul trouble early you know picked up two early fouls that was really rough and the second he picked up that second foul i, I sat you know i was sitting next to my wife like that's really bad that makes <laughs> me feel really bad about the rest of the game and you know, he only had two points i think and he only had the uh the that two points was from free throws like late in the second half um yeah he's he's a guy that you you need to hit a few threes and you if he doesn't hit a few threes you need ryan mcmahon to hit a few threes and uh, malik williams tried his best to hit a few you know vj king tried to um no one else could get going outside of christian cunningham early and jordan Nora late and that's just you're not gonna win you're not gonna win basketball games especially against the kentucky wildcats that way yeah, there were just some, there were just some odd plays down the stretch. It was just like really weird things. You know, there were there were points where Louisville would get it to eight, and then they would just like almost freak out. There would be it would be Malik Williams shooting open three, and you know you mm-hmm. you he can shoot that shot, but you don't want that's not the shot you want when you're mounting yeah. a comeback. That's the yep. shot you want when you're you have a five point lead and you're looking to cap it off with an explanation point and force a team to call a timeout when you're up by five, not when you're down by eight. Right. So, I mean, it was just really, really weird things like that. As far as it relates to Dwayne Sutton, we, I mean, we know how it is with this team. The margins are thin and that's what it looks like. Those are going to be the games that Louisville's going to face in ACC play and they're going to have to have another person to step up. And it can be, you know, Christian Cunningham tried his his damnness, but he's just not very offensively talented for, you know, lack of a better term. So you need a guy that's going to open up the game, whether it's McMahon, you know, it, take your pick. Someone that opens up the floor though. No, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, it's, you, you sort of hinted at it there. It's the margin of error. Kentucky has a much larger margin of error um, that, that they can, they can work with to win a game and Louisville just has a small one. And I think that's where the concern for this coming ACC gauntlet comes from. Uh, they are, they are, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm looking at the schedule now. I'm about to and, pull it up myself. <laughs> and 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 you mentioned this before we we hopped on and started recording, Chris. That if Louisville wins every single not you know unranked matchup, they'll make the tournament. That's not the concern. Um, the concern is just you know how do you ensure it's a you know if you want to if you want this team to get a five or six seed compared to a nine ten eleven seed, uh, those are going to be the differences. And I I don't I'm looking at these big games. I'm looking at North Carolina. I'm looking at NC State. I'm looking at, you know, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Duke, Clemson, Virginia. 
those are all going to be close games. I just, yeah. I don't, I think Louisville fans are just going to have to get used to it. And we've seen it already this season. There's not going to be easy wins. And I don't think we can stress that enough. You know, looking at Ken Palm, there's, sheesh, there's, you know, I'm, there are nine a games left, 10 a games left in this schedule. And there's, you know, 20 games left. So it's just, it's, it's going to be brutal, especially when it, especially starting February the 2nd until the end of the season, it's just hit after hit, you know, North Carolina followed by at Virginia tech, followed by at Florida state, followed by Duke Clemson. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough. And Louisville's going to have to, Either every game is going to be a crapshoot depending on who's the second guy who steps up or we start to get some consistency from someone. Yeah. And I mean, Gabe, the the concern, the bit, the gauntlet is what it is. The February stretch is absolutely yeah. brutal. But the concern is the bottom of this league has improved a lot. And I don't right. really think people realize that the concern is the at Pittsburgh game. That's a yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh's. Pittsburgh's better. The concern is at Boston College. There's two really good scores in the Boston College. Well, one now, but there's there's really good score on that team who can beat you. We saw Miles Powell did, did to Kentucky. So I mean, it's not really. So I mean, those are games that Louisville has to absolutely win. Um, at Syracuse, at, at Boston College, at Pittsburgh. Those are all games that you would think that Louisville needs needs to definitely go in and win. So that's that's kind of the thing that honestly concerns me a little bit more rather because I think Louisville's going to have the opportunity to to take one of those UNC games. Um, I think that's a game that Louisville, you know, we just kind of talked about them, super athletic, but I think that's a game that Louisville can fresh, a team that Louisville can frustrate a little bit because yeah. I think they can make North Carolina guard. And okay. I think they can find, find some success. Um, NC State, I haven't really seen much of. But they get Louisville's at home in that one. So that's another opportunity to get one of those big wins. But like you said, it, it is an absolutely brutal stretch. But that's what you, you kind of worry about is, you know, when you're going through that stretch, losing a few games, but losing that third game, maybe losing two games in a row and losing that third game that you really shouldn't lose. Absolutely. And that's where that's where it gets to trouble. You know, if Louisville comes out on Saturday and lays an egg against Miami, can't get it going and they've got to go play at Pittsburgh and then that becomes a loss. And then you got to play at North Carolina. And I mean, we I, I penciled in it as a loss already. So then you've got, you know, if you don't get it going, if you don't get it turned around quickly, then the wheels can start to fall off. And that's where you really worry about this team. I mean, I trust I trust Chris Mack. I don't I don't I think, you know, I think he can have this thing going. But the the Kentucky game was just it showed the ceiling. It showed the ceiling more than any other mm-hmm. game. You know, I think the mark the Tennessee loss was that's a clearly a f- top five team against a team that didn't know what it was doing. The Marquette loss was the ball. The balls just didn't bounce Louisville's way. They got a really weird call on that Jordan or three. OK, you write that one off. Indiana, that's the toughest environment they're going to have all year. Kentucky, they had opportunity. It, it was more Louisville not staying into it than, you know, it just, you don't feel good about it as good about it as you could going forward. If oh. Louisville loses by three points and it's just kind of a weird game, I would almost kind of be more confident, but now I'm a little bit worried that, right. that, that the consistency isn't going to be there. And that's something they have to have in this new year. 
I almost wish I could take, you know, the name off the front of the jersey and, <laughs> and see if I would be as frustrated about that loss as I was about the others. Because the Indian, like you said, the Indiana loss, I was pretty frustrated about, but it was what it was. The the Marquette lot really pissed me off, but for yeah. the, you know, for the obvious reasons. Um, and especially now that we see Marquette's kind of rolling. The Tennessee loss, you, you have no problem with. Um, so... It's it's tough because I, I wonder if we're almost overblowing it just because you know we're fans. That's what we do. <laughs> but there there are legitimate questions um, going forward. But we've we how much have we heard since the very first moment that Chris Mack stepped on campus talk talk about toughness? That's what he has preached. That has been the exactly. message. That has been the one consistent. So I mean that's that's going to be tough. Uh, that's going to be tested right now. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to see what this team is made of. And um, they've gotten, you know, and they've responded. I mean, hey, like, you know, we they they lost those two games in a row to Tennessee Marquette and they turned around. They won at home against Michigan State. Right. And that game went to overtime. And, they, you know, and, and that was the great story coming out of that game was this team, you know, didn't want to didn't want what happened against Marquette to happen again. And they they showed out. So I, I, I know this team. Too. <laughs> I know this team can do it. I know they have it in them. I just worry, you know, I think we're all kind of a little shell shock from last season of how, how things devolved so quickly. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to see that to these guys. Cause I think they've earned, they've earned the success that they've had so far. And they've just, the ball just hasn't bounced their way a few times. And, and, and it's been, you know, they've got the talent. Yeah, and you you talked about responding, and for all the bad things we saw in the Kentucky game, that team only got out rebounded by one, um, and that was something that was we did not see coming. And I'm sure that was something they heard all week. And that you know, as far as it relates to that end, they answered the bell. Um, they did a great job on Reed Travis, PJ Washington. I thought, and I don't, Kentucky fans don't agree with me, but I thought he was the best player on the court. I think he may be the best pro on Kentucky's team because he can guard damn near all five positions. But as far as it relates from the offensive end, he didn't have a huge effect on the game. Right. So I think uh, from you know from a scouting perspective, Louisville played really well. There was just a lot more things that we didn't really expect to see. I mean, Mac was happy, said his team played tough, um, said they didn't execute. And I think that's as simple as it gets, but I think that's correct. Yeah, and you 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 hate to boil things down to three minutes or you know three minutes of real rough play, or it was the team didn't make shots, or it wasn't execution. But it's I, I think it's, it's that simple, especially when you compare this performance to the past ones. Um, Louisville just didn't show up, and I don't know, Chris. I mean, this it seems like this is that was something I kind of was hoping in the Chris Mack era would be a little different that Louisville teams would show up, you know, for lack of a better term that they would, you know, hop out to that tough, tough, that quick start, excuse me. And we just didn't get that. So I, do you think that's, that's an operative of the talent he's got on the team or is that something that maybe Louisville is just cursed with for the rest of eternity? (laughs) Honestly, dude, I don't know what the hell to think about this rivalry anymore. I, I think Mag needs, I think next year, um, will be a, a true, you know, more of an answer to that question because I think Louisville is, has a really, really loaded team coming in. I really do. I think they're even going to be underrated by some teams. I think Samuel Williamson can be 
tremendous. Uh, everyone knows about Aiden, but I think the other guys coming in, David Johnson, I, I think they're all uh, a talented group. So I think next year they're going to have, you know, more of the horses to, to run with that Kentucky team, so to speak. Yeah, so I, I think the whole mental aspect um, that that could be answered a little bit more next season. But I think as far as it relates to this team, this is a little bit different of what you were getting to, but I don't know what the hell we need to do with Stephen Enoch at this point. <laughs> because the the dude has got a lot of talent. He's a he's a really good smooth offensive big man, but he and and times during that game he was very frustrating. I don't know if you have a, you know a strong opinion about that, but it's something we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. No, I think and, and I think Reed Travis had a lot to do with that. I but I do think I almost wonder if Enoch is sort of suffering from some sort of the same syndrome that VJ King is where he just, he hasn't seen, he hasn't seen the ball go into the net a whole lot and a ton of, you know, he, you know, he had five points. He was two of five from the, you know, from the field, I'm sorry, two of five from two, uh, zero, you know, he shot one, three point miss, um, one of two from the free throw line. It, it almost felt what like was the Steve, turnovers. Do you have them? Did he have uh, Enoch had one turnover? Okay, one block, three, three, um, gotcha, three fouls. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if he a lot of I feel like everyone I can remember every one of those misses he had around the rim, and yeah. it was just like yeah, it bounced was- around the back of the rim and fell the other side, and it's just it you know stuff that would be easy for for a a you know quote unquote you know competent big man and you know even it almost there were a few times where you know you mentioned earlier the where Louisville was getting the ball where he would sort of be posted up at um you know at the corner the corner of the free throw line and he would look at Reed Travis and he would oh I'm gonna go for it and then just like no 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 I can't do this and cough up the ball and I especially in the second half there were several times you know they were headed the direction where I was sitting I was lucky enough to sit a little closer than I usually do and there were several times where people you know he had the ball in his hands or Enoch had the ball in his hand for a second and the crowd was just like go go to the rim right. you know especially at that time when Travis had you know three fouls it's like you know get him he's he's been fouling it's been a problem for him and um, he just he wouldn't do it. And I wonder if he's sort of getting the VJ King syndrome of being in his head a little too much. He hasn't had the big game. He hasn't had the big 20 point game. And that's something he needs to have. And I think he needs to have it soon for this team because they're going to need him during these ACC games. Yeah. And I actually actually heard um We'll give another shout out to Bob Valvano because I actually heard David Padgett on the the Bob Valvano show today, and he asked him specifically about individual players like VJ yeah. King and and Stephen Enoch. And you know, David Padgett, typical coach speak, especially mm-hmm. out of him. But that was one thing he said: is one of those guys do need to have a big game in ACC play for Louisville because they need they need that confidence booster. They need that moment where they can kind of be off to the races and and see the ball go in. And I think I think that's a valid point. I think Enoch does need that. I think if if he's not going to become a legitimate scoring threat, he he needs to figure out how to pass and how to find open looks rather than just, you know, taking the dribble, doing the spin move to the sideline and using that guy as another defender because that's what we saw a lot in that game. Um but I think that's totally valid. One of those guys definitely needs a confidence booster. No question. And and we, you know, we talked a little bit about 
Uh, we talked a little bit about Malik Williams as compared to Stephen Enoch. I don't know. I, it's not that I would I, Malik Williams only played 13 minutes. I, it's not yeah. necessarily that I would have had him play more. I don't think he was doing anything particularly differently when he was in the game. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just, but, you, you need something, especially you need it. This game needed something inside. And we just no, that's, I mean, that's, that's the problem for this team because you wouldn't have Malik Williams in this yeah. game. That wasn't really the game for him. He's been, right. he, he's made some great defensive plays throughout the season, but that's just not who he is. Yeah. You're going to have to have a guy that's a smash mouth player in ACC play. And it's got to be Steven Enoch. And if it's not, Louisville's got to adjust to that. And they've, whether they want to go small, whatever they want to do. Um, but that's something I think that's the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that this team needs to address on the offensive court. They need to decide out what they're going to do and roll with it. If it's going to be Enoch contributing, that's great. Um, it makes this team a lot more versatile, but if it's not, they need to roll with it and, you know, go a different way. So, yeah, we will find out, I guess, uh, Chris, <laughs> sooner or later, <laughs> sooner or later, what, you know, as we sort of wrap this up, what are your what are your expectations? What do you what do you see for the rest of the season for this team? I think the Miami game is going to tell me a lot. Um, I think my expectations right now are still a little skewed, but I think it's it's still tournament. Uh, I think that's always kind of been what it is with this team yeah. from the get go. Um, but I think the Miami game will will kind of answer a lot of questions because. That's it's not a must win, but damn, that's an important one for Louisville. Yeah, it's it's a game that they're expected to win. Ken Pong gives them a 67 percent chance of winning, uh, projects a score of 73 to 68. You know, Miami hasn't been all that great this year. Um, I think they're just kind of up there for for, you know, the fact that they're ACC. Um, I don't think they have any particular big wins. No, um, they haven't been very impressive. No, no, that they their best win. I'm just looking at Fresno State. So yeah, yeah. they haven't been tested. They lost to Yale. <laughs> like okay, <laughs> and Penn and Rutgers. should be a great game for Ryan McMahon. <laughs> for, should be a good game for Ryan McMahon. Um, but I, you know, looking at the looking at the record, they're nine and four right now. I mean, I think I think they I think they can get to eighteen. I think yeah. they can w- get to 19. I think they can win 10 games in this 10 games would be brilliant in this ACC stretch. I'd love for them to go nine and nine in the ACC. Yeah. I think nine and nine gets them in. I think last year that was the big, you know, a lot of people said nine and nine got Louisville in and it, it didn't end up happening, but I think Louisville was really lacking that, that marquee win last year. Um, and different story this year, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think 18 is the number where it gets really, really dicey, but I think 19 is a lock. So we'll see, man. Um, I think we'll be able to have a lot more, you know, more intelligent conversation about this after Miami because that's really going to test the grit of this team. You know, they get a week off uh, so that you can't really play the card of, you know, it was a hangover game or anything like that. They've got a week off to to put the Kentucky game behind them. And, you know, it's, it's conference play now. So, yeah. Yeah. This, and this is a game where you really, you really lean on Chris Mack on being able to get this team, you know, toughness is something we've mentioned a few times today. And uh, this is a game where, where that definitely happens. So hopefully, hopefully we have some, a little happier to talk about next time. Any, uh, any last UK UofL t- uh, um, takes Chris? No, um, not on, not on UK UofL. I did want to make sure we mentioned that we'll be doing some other stuff coming up. I don't know if you want to 
you want to talk about that or? Yeah, yeah, no, two things. Uh, we are, you know, as we've mentioned, we want to talk about non Louisville sports related things. Chris and I thought that it might be a good idea to have sort of episodes specifically tailored to that. Uh, so more to come on that. We've got a few ideas we're banding about. So hopefully something next week related to that. And we'll also, of course, have a heavy, a, a, uh, sports related episode as well. And then also just kind of wanted to let all of you guys know that we have an Instagram account. It is. We, at, do. we do. It is. We, as you, as you're looking right now, we've got a cool logo now. So I've actually got to upload the logo to the Instagram account, but we have an Instagram account. It's at what high school. So just really easy at what high school is what it sounds like. Um, and Chris and I have some big plans on that front as well. So if you want to take a look at that, there is literally nothing there, <laughs> but we're social, but we're on social and we wanted to let you guys know, um, and, you know, let people know about the podcast as always, uh, tell a few friends, you know, 2019 we're hoping is going to be a big year for the pod and we'll have more good news, more cool things coming down the line for sure. Yeah. Other than that, I, I think we're good. I think we're good. And Chris, thanks for joining us again as always. And, um, Thank you to all the listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed your new year. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. Hope you've gotten over the hangover from your party. Like Chris and I have hopefully at this struggling a struggle busting. Um, but thank you guys go cards and we'll see you guys on the next episode.